Hello and welcome into Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA. Thank you for watching us on the We the Patriots USA Rumble channel and Red Voice Media, and for listening on New Hampshire Family Radio WLMW 90.7 FM Manchester, New Hampshire, KKVV Radio in Las Vegas, Real Talk 93.3 The Voice of Freedom in St. Louis, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like us on your station, email us at Taryn at WeThePatriotsUSA.org. I am so excited today to have Leslie Manukian on our show. She is the president and founder of the Health Freedom Defense Fund. And right now she has teamed up with John Stockton. That's right. Hall of Famer John Stockton, who has been on this show, Faithful Freedom, to push forward with the Athletes Health Freedom Declaration. So we're going to talk to her about that today. Citizen athletes can sign this. This is saying, you know what, we have our right to bodily autonomy as athletes, and we shouldn't be forced um, by our by our schools, our universities, our teams, our leagues, etc., to um, have and inject into our body um, medical and or um, experimental shots, whatever you want to call them, we shouldn't have to be do that, have to be forced to do that. Well, I'm also really excited. And the main reason why I'm having her on today is to just talk about the, the question of not only are mandates constitutional, we can all sit here and scratch our heads about that, but are even exemptions, why should we as, oh goodness, why should we as, excuse me, I had a technical difficulty there. Why should we as citizens have to file for exemptions? That does not make any sense to me. We live in a free country. We shouldn't have to ask permission to not have a specific medical treatment. So we're going to talk to Leslie today here on Faithful Freedom. Where do we go from here? Because the battle has just begun. As eyes open, we continue to arm ourselves with the truth in all aspects of our lives asking questions and relentlessly searching for answers, educating ourselves and forging a new path forward. Hear from real people faithfully pursuing freedom. This is Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA, a nonprofit 501c3 organization working to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. This episode is brought to you by The Carnivore Bar, providing a fuel source for ancestral, carnivore, paleo, and keto eaters who value their on-the-go autonomy without sacrificing quality nutrition. Visit carnivorebar.com for more information. This episode is brought to you by The Freedom People, providing comprehensive solutions for individuals and businesses to take control and protect their freedoms. Visit thefreedompeople.org to reclaim your freedoms. Leslie, I am so excited to have you on the show today. I had the pleasure of being on your show um, a little while back, and I just absolutely loved our discussion. And when we were talking, the million-dollar question came up, the one that I've been asking for years and years and years about why should we even have to seek exemptions from vaccines? That doesn't make any sense to me. I'm excited to dive into that with you today. Welcome to the show. So great to be with you, Taryn. See you again. Thank you so much for having me. And I have to say, this is one of my favorite subjects. It is, I think, one of the most critical topics of our day. And I'm super excited to unpack it with you. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think so many of us, you know, we're scratching our heads throughout all of COVID about these mandates. Why? How is this even possible? And obviously, you know, the U.S. Supreme Court, they ruled that the OSHA mandates were not constitutional. They they shot those down. But the private sector went ahead and and did its thing and 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 did so anyway and put those mandates across. I think most people, whether you got the shot or not, did not think that that was right for people to have to be forced to do that. But now we are past that point. Many of us uh, living in a new um, in a new way because we got fired from our jobs, myself included, over vaccine discrimination. And now we're moving on, trying to look forward. And we're asking ourselves, we're sending our kids off to schools. Why do we have to get an exemption um, to send our kids to schools to in order to exempt them from having to get a slew of childhood vaccinations. This doesn't make sense to me. How is that free in a free country? Well, it's not free. And the real, I mean, I think the sad reality is that we have drifted so very far from our founders' intentions, right? What does the Declaration of Independence say? It specifically says, first of all, I have to say, the Declaration of Independence is possibly the most radical document ever written by a nation's founders. And I really mean that, okay? And the reason I say that is because every other founding document on the planet says something along the lines of our rights come from this document or our government. And what did the Declaration of Independence say? It said that our rights come from our creator and that as such, they are inalienable and cannot be taken away from us. So this is totally radical, right? It's that we are imbued by virtue of being born human with inalienable rights that no one can contravene. That's, I mean, that's just unreal. Think about it. We're like coming out of the feudal system, right? We're coming out of (laughs) the middle ages and all these things. And And then these guys come up with this idea that actually, no, our rights come from above. So let's just say amen to that, because I think that's one of the most amazing things ever written. And how do we get from there to you have to have a shot to go to school, a shot to do your job, a shot to go shopping, whatever it might be, you know, can't come in here in my business if you speak out or don't get your whatever. Um, The point is we've come a long way. And so we can unpack that. But just because I think Americans have lost their way. We have not held government feet to the fire. And so it has gotten out of hand. It has gotten out of hand. And there's been various ways that the um, private sector and big pharma and such have wiggled their way into uh, lawmaking and legislation and things like that. I mean, many people that are watching my show might be familiar with the uh, Act of 1986 that just you know got rid of all liability for these vaccine companies. That's just one of many examples of how they have been able to infiltrate our system and infringe on our rights. And I think you're right. I think going down this path of looking at it from a historical perspective on what, you know, how this snowballed to get to where we are today is a great way to start this conversation um, and and talk about all of this. And, And before we do, before we dive into that historical account, from a legal perspective, how is it legal for the government to force us to file these exemptions? Well, I think that what you have to understand is that the the way that our system is set up, there are certain powers called police powers that are reserved to the states. Mm-hmm. Okay. And amongst 
police powers are health powers, which is why the CDC is only empowered to recommend vaccinations, not force them. Okay. And what happens as a result of that is that individual states can pass their own laws. So our founding fathers never intended that the government could tell us that we have to inject something. That was clearly not an intention. Nowhere was that even considered or contemplated until Jacobson versus Massachusetts in 1905. So we, and, and that's a very, very special and unique case, which I'll, I'll touch on in a moment, but they never anticipated this kind of thing would happen. And it's like the slow boiled frog, you know, it just happens slowly. And as long as it's happening slowly, most people don't rebel. And so what happened is individual states, um, have started implementing more and more strict rules, more laws, more strict laws in their states, which then require or erode um, parental rights and the rights to exempt. So we got to the point, we, we, we came from having all rights about um, how we raise ourselves or, or how we keep ourselves well and healthy and how we raise our children to this place where now you have to actually ask for permission. And it's such an inversion, what it means to be American, right? It's all American ideals are on their head because they're always talking about, oh, well, you know, the um, the community, we have to take care of the community and all that. The community is made up by individuals and you don't honor the community by sacrificing an individual, never. That's insane, right? Didn't the Nuremberg mm -hmm. do away with that? I don't, you know, I just, anyway, my point is, yes, the states have this power and authority and because it's pushed far in some states, so like in Idaho, where I live, we have, I believe, the best exemption law on the books in the nation. You can just write on a piece of paper, I exempt my child, uh, Idaho code 3940802 for whatever reason I choose. That's amazing. And we'll we'll die, we'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side of the break, as well as the historical reason that we are the in the place that we are in in a moment on Faithful Freedom. And we are doing a case update here during our break with We the Patriots USA. Breaking news this week in their case with the Second Circuit Court, they upheld the dismissal of the challenge to Connecticut's religious exemption. And so We the Patriots USA plans to appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. They are continuing to fight this and get back that right for religious exemptions in the state of Connecticut, which will also um, put, you know, shockwaves through the United States. And we are back with Leslie. Leslie, thank you again for joining us on Faithful Freedom. We were talking about how Idaho has one of the best exemption um laws on the books here in the United States, which is so great to hear because, you know, I just updated people before the break about how Connecticut got rid of their religious exemptions. We the Patriots USA is fighting that. You know, there are states like California where you can only apply for a medical exemption and things like that. So Idaho sounds like one that all of us parents and advocates should be asking our lawmakers to look to and to model. Very much so, Taryn. The thing that's the, be the best thing. So it's not far enough because I think that we should get rid of all exemptions. Absolutely. There should be no mandates in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. That's just to start. That is the starting point. No one gets to tell me what to put in my body or in my children's body, period. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there are lawmakers who think that they're entitled to do so is a problem. So that needs to be addressed. But let's just set this aside. So Idaho does have the best law. And um, at this point, 
but we've had to fight to protect it. We've had to fight to enforce it because even though the code specifically says that parents can exempt their children for any reason they choose, the school districts would still take out ads in the local newspaper saying no shots, no school. Wow. Okay. Wow. So we had How to is that legal? That, that seems like libel to me um, or slander that, that it's, it's not truthful. Well, it's not truthful. Okay. Um, but I don't think that that's the applicable law. I think it's more that they were just violating code. The problem is there's no penalty for doing so. And no one was paying attention. And it took us um, many, many years. Um, I'm on the board of Health Freedom Idaho, and it's a health freedom group here in the state. And it took us, I don't know, maybe four or five years of showing legislators that the schools were breaking the law and the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare was actually not doing anything about it or saying anything. And so what happened was we got the statute changed and it now requires that whenever a school communicates with a family or with the parents at all about vaccinations, they must inform them of their right to exempt their children for any reason they choose. Wow. So the point is it takes ever, you know, vigilance. That's what it takes. And the reason that we are in the place that we are today is because people haven't paid attention. You look at, you mentioned California, you mentioned, um, you haven't mentioned New York, but it's the same thing. New York, California, both took away religious exemptions in 2019. How conveniently. Yes, I know the, the timing is very strange. 2019 in New York, 2020 in Connecticut that they took away the, and this is, you know, this is mostly we're talking about in regards to this with with childhood vaccinations and, you know, for daycares and schools. So I want to make that clear to, to people listening that this has a lot to do with the child vaccine schedule and how parents are mandated and 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 or told or um, coerced or pressured, however you want to say it, to mm. get their kids vaccinated in order to go to school. Let's dive down this historical account on how we got from the Declaration of Independence, which is saying that all of our rights are handed down by our creator. And to this point that we are in now where we have to ask the, the government or our state permission to not inject something into our child to send them to school. Yeah. So in the, in the middle of the 19th century, there was a mass wave of people moving from the farms, agricultural civilization, into the cities. It was the Industrial Revolution, and all these people moved into the cities. And there was no ability, um, or there was very poor public health. There was sewage in the streets, you know, open water running sewage. I mean, animals everywhere shanty towns. There was no clean drinking water, no refrigeration, very little fresh food. It was filthy, dirty, and there was a lot of disease. And what happened was um, you had outbreaks of different kinds of infectious diseases. So in the early 1900s, you had an outbreak of smallpox in Boston, in Cambridge, actually. And what happened was a pastor and his son, who had had a reaction to a shot previously, sued because Cambridge mandated the smallpox vaccination. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the Supreme court ruled that in a very, very extreme emergency, like a condition like smallpox, where you have 30 to 40% death rate, then a small locality could mandate a shot or find people who didn't want to take it. Somehow that it's called Jacobson versus Massachusetts mm -hmm. has been used for over a century to justify forced vaccination vaccine mandates. In fact, Harvard law professor 
Alan Dershowitz even claimed in a debate with RFK Jr. a couple of years ago that the state had the power to take you to the doctor and plunge a needle into your arm if it chose to on the basis of Jacobson. Jacobson doesn't say that anywhere. That no just way. makes me cringe. That makes me cringe. And we've heard that case referred to, especially during the COVID mandates. But for that to be um, enforced on a lot of these childhood immunizations, that is very extreme to me, especially because many of these are for illnesses that are treatable. Um, and many of these outbreaks take place in vaccinated populations as well um, when we're breaking it down. But um, that is an extreme case that has really played out through all of this. And like you said, doesn't seem to really be applicable when you when you boil it down. Not at all, Taryn. So that was like the first sort of nail in the coffin of freedom, of health freedom in the 20th century, Jacobson versus Massachusetts. And then we went through World War I and then through World War II and the Third Reich. And what happened on the other side of that was something fantastic. And that was the Nuremberg trials and the Nuremberg Code, which said that the practice of, um, that you cannot, cannot experiment on people without voluntary informed consent. Okay. So we knew from that, and even though the United States didn't sign onto it, it was, it was considered internationally acceptable. And then in, was the 1960s or 1970s, you had the declaration on Helsinki and that further advanced that as well until 2005 or six, when you had the UNESCO declaration on bioethics and human rights, which stated very explicitly that every human being has the right to choose what they put into their bodies and that the practice of ethical medicine requires pro, pro, um, prior voluntary informed consent. So it's not just experimentation, it's any kind of medicine. So that's what you have international treaties doing. Concurrent with that, you had several lawsuits that went to the Supreme Court in the United States. One of them was in Connecticut in the 50s or maybe 1962, somewhere in there. And it was called Griswold versus Connecticut. And you won't believe this, but a Catholic couple wanted to be able to use a condom in their bedroom. And it was prohibited by the state of Connecticut. Wow. In their own bedroom, in their private um, <laughs> private quarters. Oh, wow. This is super interesting. We're going to get to this here in just a moment on the other side of the break here in Faithful Freedom. That's a really good cliffhanger Leslie had for us there. We have another case update for you. We the Patriots USA. This was a victory. A medical exemption was restored for a family in the state of California who was being denied a medical exemption, although her child had a previous vaccine injury. We the Patriots USA stepped in and were able to get that restored for the family. And that is why we are asking you to commit to 10 this month here for We the Patriots USA at wethepatriotsusa.org. We need more victories like that. We need to take on more cases, but we cannot do so without your help. We are fully funded by donations and we help take on these cases pro bono for these people and help them see it through. Um, to a victory. So we are setting precedents and we cannot do it without you. Help us to tackle tyranny at wethepatriotsusa.org. All right, Leslie, so you had us on quite the cliffhanger as we welcome everybody back to Faithful Freedom. So tell us about this case, um, yeah. how this had a huge um, 
really did kind of show us that we have um, bodily autonomy um, when it comes to the law and these treaties here yeah. in the recent um, in recent history. Yeah. So you have all those treaties I was mentioning, which yeah. are one kind of component of this, and then you've got actual case law. And the case I was speaking about was called Griswold versus Connecticut because this Catholic couple wanted to use condoms and the state said, you're not allowed to. So they sued the state and it went to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court ultimately ruled that yes, you have a zone of privacy around you into which the state cannot intrude. We are not going to be going into your bedrooms and policing whether people use condoms or not. It's not our business. Mm -hmm. And so that really furthered the idea, the advance, the idea that we have a zone of privacy that sort of reinstating or rebalancing um, this kind of diversion that had happened over the past 150 years from the inception of the country, right? Because we went from um, complete freedom to the Jacobson case. And now this was really important saying, no, you've got a zone of privacy. No one can, no one can intrude into that. And that's okay. And then you advance that a few years, a couple of decades, actually, um, in, I think it was 19... 90, maybe it was what um, Washington versus Harper was about prisoners who didn't want to take psychiatric medications. And the Supreme Court ruled that they have the right to refuse an intervention and that it violates their liberty to force them to do so. And then in 1990, you had something called Cruzon versus uh, Director. And this was a case where a young woman, I think she was 25 or 26 years old in 1990, um, she was in a car crash. She didn't have a living will. Her parents, she was rendered severely brain damaged, so in a vegetative state, and her parents wanted to pull the plug. And um, her uh, the hospital said, we can't do that. Just on your say-so, we don't know what to do. It went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said that you have the right to um, stop you know, treatment if you want to. Um, it ruled in favor of the hospital, but basically what they said in their ruling was that you have the right to refuse unwanted medical interventions. And there was another case, um, which case was it? Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but there was another one that was about um, extending your life. So, you know, assisted suicide and life extension and um, whether or not you could allow yourself to die if you didn't want to, if you had some kind of terminal illness or something like that. And they said that you have the right to refuse um, unwanted medical interventions that might save your or might extend your life. So there's all this case law and there's more, I'm not going into all of it, but there's all of this, all these international treaties and there's all this case law that is very clear, but you have the right to bodily autonomy. In fact, the, the um, going back over well over a century, the Supreme court actually ruled that amongst our most sacred of rights is the right to bodily autonomy. We've just forgotten it. And Americans have been, I believe brainwashed by their state governments, by the media, by the pharmaceutical industry to believe and accept that their rights will somehow be curtailed by the states. And so that's how we've gotten into this mess. I think all of the cases that you outlined there are really important and they all have different little tidbits and different facets that make them fascinating. But one of the reasons too, is that denial of medical treatment that may or may not save your life, because this is a big debate, right? One side is saying that you 
um, need your child needs to get these shots in order to possibly save their life um, and from not contracting these um, these communicable diseases. The other side of us are saying, hey, wait, let's look at the risk factors in all of this and the ingredients that are in these these shots and the adverse effects, the deaths, the um, adverse reactions that have come of these shots and um, you know everything else coupled with it, like autism and, and the rise in autism and the rise in the in the vaccine schedule and, and all these other things. So we're both very much on two different sides of this. And um, the things that you're talking about here, though, kind of protects um, the debate, if you will, gives us the right to um, have disagreement on whether or not these are, you know, safe or preventative in the way that they say. The thing is, who decides what's safe? Exactly. Who decides what's effective? Who decides what's the science? <laughs> exactly. So this is my problem. You know, I have a 20 year old son and I've taught him since he was very young to never give away your power mm -hmm. because once you give it away, someone can use it against you. And so this is a perfect example of that. Here's, there's another portion of this or another facet to this debate that many people don't talk about. And that is the benefit of infectious disease. Sure. Mm -hmm. Measles is actually protective. And so are other childhood, so-called so childhood illnesses against chronic inflammatory conditions and even cancer. Mm -hmm. So have we just exchanged common childhood illnesses for chronic disease? And which would you rather have an acute illness for a week to 10 days or be impaired for life? I have an autoimmune condition. It stinks. It's not fun. Okay, I can't eat gluten or dairy. And it all started after a bunch of vaccines when I was 26 years old, 28 years old. Yeah. Um, the point is, no one knows our own medical history. No one knows our own medical needs. And nobody has to live with the ramifications of our choices but us. So how in the world can someone deign to believe that they have the power or authority to tell us what to do? And if I may, I just want to add one other thing because yeah. I think it's so important, Taryn. We're not old enough to remember 1915 or 1920, but, or even 1905, but back in 1905, women couldn't vote. Mm -hmm. Do we still think that we want to live by the norms of society in 1905? I yeah. don't. Jim Crow laws were in place. The Supreme Court ruled and upheld that <laughs> three generations of imbeciles is enough in Buck v. Bell, which actually <laughs> supported the government in snipping the fallopian tubes of a woman deemed too unintelligent to have children. Oh, no. Yes. Wow. So this is a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. No one else should be making these decisions. And I sure don't want to go back to 1905 or 1910. We didn't get the right to vote until 1920, right? Mm -hmm. and it's crazy. So who wants to go back there? So just because Jacobson, they decided then that it was right, doesn't make it mean it's right today. And we have a lawsuit that challenges Jacobson against the Los Angeles Unified School District right now at Health Freedom Defense Fund, which is the nonprofit I founded. And you can find it at healthfreedomdefense.org. But it is so important because it really unpacks Jacobson. And it's what we're asking the court to do is to reconcile all of this new case law with that old thing from 115, 17 years ago. It needs to happen. And now is the time. 
That is, thank you so much for, for doing that because it is very important because like you said, these cases set precedents. And so um, when you're going through your lawsuit or your case or what have you, judges and the courts are pointing to these cases and saying, listen, you know, you have to make your recommendations or your um, decision based on what's already been there in the law. So by you guys going after that, um, that is key and, and that is huge. And, you know, you're right. We don't want to go back to that, to that 1915, 1905, but we do want to go back to the very beginnings of our country when we were giving, uh, you know, we were told that our rights were handed down by our creator. Um, I shouldn't say told, we all knew that that's innately inside all of us, but we declared it. We declared it. Thank you. That's the word I was searching for. We declared it. And so that is, is so very, very key. Um, You know, one thing that I want to ask you and we can hit on it real quick before we have to go to break is now what, now what do we do um, that we have, do we play by the rules and, and do these exemptions? Like we're being asked, what do we do? Live not by lies. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is no doubt that vaccines are, are neither as safe nor effective as purported. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. So anyone who is actually abiding by the edicts of um, some scientist or bureaucrat that these are safe and effective is telling you to deny what you already know to be true. And I think we can't do that. So I think that we must insist, we must stand or else we will fall. We are in very, very precarious, um, I think times right now. And it's imperative that we all stand up and we all say no more. I will stand for someone's right to choose to vaccinate their child, even though I think it's not healthy because it's their choice. It's not mine. Absolutely. And I hope that they will stand with me in making the choice that I feel is best for my family. And I think that we have gotten so far, we've been so polarized by the media and by the government. And we need to understand that the medical authorities, medical journals, researchers, um, the uh, medical trade groups like the American Medical Association and the American Academy of Pediatrics, they're trade groups, folks. They are not like quasi-governmental organizations. They take huge money from the pharmaceutical industry. We can't take their word. We can't be influenced by what they tell us. We need to think for ourselves and we need to go back to our roots, which tell us that every single one of us is a free human being endowed with rights by our creator. And we need to stand for them. And I think when we do, we'll win. Absolutely. If more and more people um, keep standing up saying no, either putting, taking their kids out of these institutions that are forcing these and, or, you know, if enough people are saying, Hey, no, we don't want to do this. um, Enough people are are applying and and going to their health department and saying, no, um, I, you know, I would, I demand an exemption for my child. um, Then maybe we can get to that point here in the future where we don't have to file for exemptions anymore because we shouldn't have to. That should just be a right that we have as free Americans here in the United States. And so I think that's really key. We're going to talk more about that and uh, the the petition that you have on your website and the ways that you are teaming up with athletes across America, including John Stockton, in just a moment here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson presented by We the Patriots USA. 
And right now we are helping you guys out as we go back to school at TarynGregson.com. You can go there and get your exemptions by state guide. We have links to every single state and the exemptions that they allow, whether it's medical, philosophical, religious, what have you. Also, did you know that states are tracking your children in their online tracking systems. That's right. Many of these states, not many, all of these states are tracking your child's vaccination status in their online systems. We are linking to every single state's online system at TarynGregson.com, letting you know what those are so you can go to your health department and ask them how to get your child opted out of those tracking systems so they're not in the system. Whether they have some of their shots or none of their shots, it again should be your right to privacy in all of this. This is something we can talk to Leslie about coming up here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Grayson. All of these um, all of these resources are for you there at TarynGrayson.com, excuse me, including your HPV and your MMR vaccine safety resource, guys, as well at TarynGrayson.com, vaccine exemptions and tracking opt-out system guides right there for you on our website, as well as our Faith, Family, and Freedom first volume at TarynGregson.com. All right, and we have Leslie back here on the show. Welcome back to Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA, where we have been discussing why is it that we who have been, you know, given these inalienable rights handed down by our creator have to go out and ask for exemptions. This makes no sense to me. It never has made any sense to me. So we are back discussing this um, this very important topic. And so, Leslie, thank you for unpacking all of the history behind it, telling us and empowering us not to live by lies. And um, now you're, you're, um, your boots are on the ground. Tell us what you are doing and how you're teaming up with athletes for yeah. your online petition. Let me just say, the individual states make the laws. Mm-hmm. So get in touch with your local representatives and senators and tell them how you feel, because that is how you will change things in your state. You have to get engaged. There are health freedom groups. In fact, NBIC Advocacy has a big organization of states across the nation helping people to get involved and change their laws. So um, there are lots of ways that you can do it. You're not by yourself. Um, and, um, and you know, you can get their aid and their guidance about how to affect change in your state. And First, implement exemptions if you've lost them, <laughs> and then hopefully overturn um, any mandate so that we never have to ask for them. Okay, that's one thing I want to say. So, yeah, we're working on. Um, I've been working with a bunch of athletes from all over the world. In fact, we've got Ken Rutgers and John Stockton. Ken Rutgers is a um, um, the Green Bay Packers MVP from many years ago. He was a lineman for thirteen or fourteen years. Amazing man. And um, we've just launched this. So it's just the just very beginning. Um, and then John Stockton, the amazing John Stockton, NBA Hall of Famer. I think he still has the NBA record for steals and assists in um, um, amazing guy. And they're just two of the most lovely men. And they started a group called Med- uh, Voices for Medical Freedom. And so we've collaborated to put out this um this declaration of athletes' health freedom. And the reason for that is because, as we all know, it wasn't just employees of 
corporations that were being forced to get these shots or coerced. Um, it was athletes all over the world. They couldn't think about Novak Djokovic. He couldn't come into the country. He was not allowed to come into the United States because he didn't get the shot. You have um, athletes all over the world having issues with it. We've we've seen tennis players collapse, soccer players collapse. We saw Damar Hamlin collapse live with cardiac arrest, which means his heart stopped on Monday Night Football in January, I think it was. And then just a couple of weeks ago, we had Bronny James, LeBron James's son, um, suffer cardiac arrest while he was practicing at USC in his right before his freshman year started. And the whole point of the declaration, first of all, citizen athletes can sign too. You don't have to be LeBron James <laughs> or John Stockton to sign. Anybody can sign it. And it's important because it's just about affirming our right to bodily autonomy and announcing to the world that no, we will not succumb to the orders or edicts of the World Health Organization, of the United States government, of anybody telling us what to do. And so we are hopeful that if we get this out broadly enough to enough people, it may actually affect some change by helping people to understand that we're not telling other people what to do with their lives. We're just asserting our right to decide what we do with ours. And that's the whole energy behind it. We've already had people like Pat Cash sign it, um, you know, who's an Australian. Uh, he won a Grand Slam in tennis. We've had some uh, NFL referees. We've had Olympians. Um, let's see, what's his name? Oh, my gosh. Mike Fisher, I think is his name, from the NHL, super famous mm -hmm. NHL player. Um, lots of others. They're that's Terry Underwood's husband for people that might know that name. Yes. That's, that's correct, too. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Taryn. You're younger than me, so you know these things. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I used to be in sports. I used to be in sports until um, I was discriminated against uh, yeah. for, for the vaccine. So yeah. I totally um, get it, and I understand, and I think that this is really important because we are all going to be asked to take a stand again. As parents are being asked every single school year, every time we enroll our kids in an activity, to take a stand by saying, no, we're going to ask and file for an exemption from these vaccines. Um, and we're going to be asked again over and over, I had so many women, female athletes that reached out to me over the mandates, um, collegiate female athletes that reached out to me over the mandates because they were being required to get booster after booster after booster to continue to play their sports, to continue to hold on to their scholarships, to, to continue to further their university education. And so they felt obligated and pressured in order to do so to continue down the path um, that they were dreaming of, you know, their whole lives and they had worked for their whole lives to achieve. And so these girls are telling me on how they don't know what to do, how many of them you know, did it. And now they are go they are experiencing all sorts of menstrual issues and um, they are, they're just beside themselves. They feel yeah. so horrible of what was done to them. Well, it's a violation, right? I mean, mm -hmm. they didn't go out and choose it. First of all, they had nigh on zero risk. Okay. Yeah. That's the truth. Young people are at statistically zero risk um, from any kind of complication from this. And Secondly, then they're being forced to do something and that never feels good. In fact, what do we always teach young women in particular? Yeah. Don't ever let anybody force you to do something you don't want to do and exactly. don't put yourself in a situation where you can be forced. And yet we're literally, I mean, some people call it medical rape. That's the mm -hmm. truth. That's what they call it. Um, when people are forcing you to put a medical product into your body against your will, it's a form of rape. And I know that probably sounds extreme, but that's what it feels like. It feels like a violation. 
because it is a violation because we have the right to personal autonomy. We have the right to liberty. We have the right to decide. If we don't have that right, man, it's game over. We are not in a free or just country. And so it's really heartbreaking that all these young people have been going through this. And there's been new research coming out showing how dangerous these shots are. I don't know if you've seen this, but there was just a study that found that 3% of recipients of the Moderna shots suffered subclinical heart issues. 3%. That's tens of millions of people who don't know they have now a subclinical heart problem from those shots. And it's because they actively followed them. I think it was in Switzerland is where it was. And then they've just also, they're now finding that these children who've had the shots are um, have scarring of their hearts. It may be permanent. It's six months to a year after they suffered myocarditis or some other adverse reaction to the shot. They've still got heart issues. That never comes back. And it literally um, hampers your ability, your athletic ability, your heart's function, potentially for life. For what? For what? They had no risk. No risk. And it's so important, um, you know, that for better or for worse, we, so many of us look up to athletes, children look up to athletes as role models. So it's really important to have these athletes standing up and saying, this is not going to happen again. And, and John has been such a great voice um, throughout all of this, um, him standing up and saying, no, I'm not going to wear a mask to have to go watch my child play basketball at Gonzaga and being a voice even prior to that, saying that he never felt comfortable and did not vaccinate his children. And so the more that we are able to open up this dialogue and actually dive into this and look and educate ourselves instead of being ostracized and, and looked down upon. I think people are so ready to look at this subject now. Um, their eyes are being opened and um, they are, they're now asking this question, why do we have to ask permission again and again and again? So um, how can we- the, the way that they make you accept that yeah. By telling you it's the whole socialist mentality, right? You would have thought that after the Nazis who employed the utilitarian ethic, that that was over and done. Utilitarianism says that it's okay to sacrifice one in service to the many. I think that's one of the most barbaric things ever postulated by human beings. I mean, you know, you could, I mean, what's different between that and chucking a young woman into a volcano to sacrifice to the gods, right? I mean, you know, yeah. it's extreme, but you get the idea. Yeah. The point is, it's never okay to sacrifice one. It's two wrongs don't make a right. And it's so important that these people stand up. And I mean, I'm so grateful to John and others like him who are doing that. Um, and I think the problem is that the pharmaceutical industry has way too large of a role in our society. Mm -hmm. They advertise on television. That's not allowed in anywhere other country except New Zealand. They um, are the largest advertiser. They are the largest lobbyists. They are 70% of television advertisements in non-election years. They control so much of what we see, think, and believe. And we need to get away from that. Medicine has its place. But holistic medicine is better for most things aside from emergencies. And John Stockton and I totally agree on that point. I'm a homeopath. He's used homeopathy. He loves it. It's fantastically helpful. And we should be using these other things that are actually health promoting, not drugs that manage a condition in order to make ourselves well. 
hundred percent get to the get to the core of what's causing the problems and clean up the way that we live our lives by what we put into our bodies um, what we surround ourselves with and so on and so forth Leslie thank you so much for joining us today Leslie of the health freedom defense fund you can go onto their website and sign that petition yourself thank you so much Leslie thanks for having me Taryn great to be with you today absolutely if you enjoy our content, prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation at wethepatriotsusa.org so we can continue to power the education arm of our mission that also extends to work to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. God bless and thank you from everyone here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA.